Wrapped in a pink blanket, she was handed over to me at the hospital, making it apparent that I had delivered a baby girl. Her big brown eyes told me much more. As she grew into a toddler, she was very shy. At that time, I did not know whether she was an introvert or just trying to assimilate her thoughts as she hardly put into words what she thought. I let her be. She might not have preferred, but she would communicate everything through her actions. This is how she wanted to be. On her first birthday, she slept throughout her party celebrations, oblivious of the fact that there were pink and purple balloons and a doll's face on the cake meant to convey the obvious. As soon as she started her foundation years in school, she articulated her feelings. Now I knew she wanted to read all kinds of books, not only that depicted fairies and princesses, she wanted to wear all colors, not only pink and glitter. While the world was shouting at her to wear pink, bling and floral dresses, little did I realize she was gravitating towards the opposite. Shorts, plain t-shirts and colors like blue, black and red. This is what she wanted and I let her be. On her fifth birthday, she asked for a Red Ranger party, a Power Ranger. I still remember the organizer who helped me set things up in our garden, who told me she wished more parents would let their girls break some boundaries. And she was glad that she was setting up this party for a little powerful girl. This is what she wanted and I let her be. One day, as a preteen, we walked into a clothes store and upon seeing the salesperson, graciously asked us to step into the girls' section full of skirts, frills and bling. She looked at me and scowled, rolling up her eyes as she usually did, when she was fed up explaining her preferences to many. I sensed her feelings and quickly stepped in, mentioning to the salesperson if he could guide us to some plain and duller colors, preferably with no glitter. With a very surprised look, he laid out some smart and plain t-shirts with shorts. She smiled, and upon seeing this, he understood that choices need not be stereotypical. He apologized that he had jumped at us due to the fact that he had already made up his mind as to what she would have liked. As time flew, I started seeing her in a different light. A beautiful girl who loved to keep her hair long but wear her trousers short. In her plain black t-shirts and simple preferences, there was a balance. She loves sports like golf and cricket. She loves the outdoors and adventure sports, but is as gentle towards me as anyone can be. I eventually saw the balance and I let her be. Rise above this bias and you will see how the confidence in your child grows. That's such a beautiful story, Sanana. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to speak to you today about you your daughter and your relationship with her. Welcome everyone to the third episode of Unknowned. Today we speak to Sanana, a mother of two, a homemaker, expert in the hospitality sector. Today, she enjoys writing about food, travel, wine and life on her blogs, rollingpin.me and through keyholes.wordpress.com. We feature her today to hear her experiences about her daughter and not letting the relationships be defined by the norms of the society. Her daughter, Anika Shikpuri, is a young woman who is on a path to grow as a happy version of herself, how she always wanted to be. Before we begin with the episode, I want to talk a little bit about how 
We are living in a world where pink is traditionally seen as a feminine color, while blue is reserved for boys. We see this rigid dichotomy everywhere, from greeting cards to children's clothes. Even before a child is born, you associate a color and a perspective with them. But not every single girl wants to own a Barbie collection. Not every boy is interested in Hot Wheels. But advertisements, perspectives, and stereotypical judgments push for this, and it goes to show how deeply this is inbred in a global culture. Blue is for boys and pink is for girls, we are told. When did this even become the norm? Based on my research, back in the 1940s, manufacturers settled and decided that pink is going to be for girls and blue is going to be for boys. So the baby boomers were raised wearing these two colors. That wasn't the end of the story though. Due to the women liberation movement, more unisex baby clothes came into style in the late 60s and 70s. Yet pink and blue came back in the mid 80s. With the development of prenatal testing, this only became stronger. Once parents could find out whether they were having a boy or a girl, they could outfit their nursery in the appropriate color. Manufacturers pushed the fad too after realizing that parents would buy a whole set of baby products once they found out Junior was expecting a little sister. The founder of Barbie, Ruth Handler, in her 1994 autobiography, Dream Doll, the Ruth Handler story wrote, my whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be whatever she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices. But did Barbie actually let women have the choices or limited instead? Mrs. Handler created the child's first mass-marketed adult-looking doll for girls. And that was attached to an image that would later be attacked by feminists as a symbol of objectification and repression. Critics said that the doll gave girls misguided goals, whether for their career or for their own physical development. We talked to Sunina Moore to find out about Anika's growing ears, motherhood, gender expression, and gender identity. Hello, Sunina. I would like to start off with the first question on Anika's name. I find this really unique, and I would like you to share a story about that. Anika. You know, we had not thought about her name before she was born. And her nursery was painted yellow. We had not bought any clothes for her. Rather, most were yellow, orange, green, beige. I don't know why I did not conform to the colors society threw at us. And I somehow knew she should make her own choices eventually. Thankfully, there were other colors available. After her birth, she had to be named immediately for her birth certificate and passport. Unfortunately, my mother had traveled here to be with me for my delivery. She had suggested Annika. And at that time, Annika Sorenstan was the world's top golfer. And my mom is an avid golfer. So there you go, the jeans. We loved it instantly. And we even looked up the Sanskrit meaning too. And who would have known? It was one of Goddess Durga's many names. What could be better? A goddess and that too a powerful one? That's how we named her. I find that super interesting to hear. You mentioned to me over our conversations that we have had that she has been different. What has set her apart? Frankly speaking, you know, Varun, I don't know. 
She was a very shy child and hardly spoke, but was academically ahead of her class. So maybe she saw that the world was different than what she wanted it to be and was taking her time to adapt to it. When she sees her first birthday photographs, she just rolls her eyes and says, thank God I was asleep. And when she sees her Power Ranger party, she just smiles. Maybe with the sense that finally she was understood by her parents. I completely agree. I think during my childhood as well, I was fortunate enough to have supportive parents who let me be and figure out what I wanted to do. They never pushed me towards a certain direction. And that has played a very crucial role in my formative years. And if I were to think about it, my relationship with them is so strong today because of this. Changes always begin from within in the early years. If my parents did not support me back then, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. And I owe pretty much everything to them. Why do you think it is so important for parents to let their children express themselves How can I, as a listener, do a better job when I'm dealing with people as well? Um, You know, we as parents can only learn and be guides to our children. Many parents do think very differently when it comes to raising girls and boys. Society has ingrained in them that boys will stay with them and girls will not after their marriage. So the point is that you have already decided what he or she might like. And if that doesn't fit into your mold later, there's lots of misery. To get out of this misery, it's better to wait, learn, listen, let them make the first step. For example, in cultures across the world, they don't even let the child use their left hand for doing things since it's considered unclean. This has nothing to do with gender, but with freedom of expression. If people just realize that it shows which part of the brain is dominant, would this issue really occur? It should ideally not occur because this is a perspective factor which has to be taken into consideration. A lot of times this does happen, and I'm glad you brought this point up, but I'm a left-handed person, and my parents have never really pushed me to become a right-handed person. Uh, Mm. It has has just worked out well for me. I think the conversation here is a little bit more than just realizing what which side is more dominant, though. It is about the idea of how society perceives it and grows beyond it. How does limiting your child work out in the long term? Do you see any negative consequences of it? Okay, uh, so in many areas, freedom of expression is curtailed at a very young age. And then it gets further divided with gender. This kind of control throttles the inner voice for many humans. As parents you witness, you become an observer then. Think of the child not as an extension of you and look at him or her in a new light as if you have created someone totally different than you, which is a fact. I I couldn't agree more with you. I think every child is different and letting them be themselves is very crucial in their formative years. Exactly. What what did you do as a parent to let both your kids grow to their best potential? What was so different? Uh, I don't know if it was different, but I realized that the change is always from within. You know, we parents have to grow inwards, not outwards, as society teaches us. For the sake of showing to the world that everything goes according to what it thinks is the norm, it will not help. There will always be friction in the family, if you think that way. So become aware of your words and more so of your actions, since children see everything and learn from it. 
with this you will start seeing your children in a different light and them as many people in their own right in my case you know i think i use my heart more than my head while dealing with our children and maybe that's why it showed me a path with little less friction and a parent has to build trust with a child you are the first relationship a child becomes aware of so you have to tread very gently and carefully and more responsibly this is the foundation of many relationships one builds in thereafter in life it all boils down to what relationship you had with your parents this is key varun i agree i completely agree i i mean i didn't think about it in this perspective but the idea of you being the first relationship with your child just goes to show how how strong it works out for everyone and and i mean thinking back thinking back about one aspect um, i've been djing for i think the last 10 to 12 years mm. djing is not really associated with the best kind of things i mean you generally see the association with drugs um, and alcohol and what not but my parents never limited me and they actually supported me i've had my mom show up for some of my biggest gigs and mm. she did not let the norms dictate the idea of me and how i should be growing up do you think the society builds up on this stereotype how does one get beyond that and what can you do to change it i think this is really important for all the listeners to see why it was so important that you had a power rangers birthday party for your daughter yes i do think so i think society builds upon the stereotype you don't have to do anything to go beyond that you just have to become an aware of yourself and your children and you have to dive right into this to accept what it is like in your case varun that's what your parents did they made this step and the rest just followed as mentioned before when parents give unconditional love and accept their children something blossoms in them this love can come from any one parent or both and it need not be from the mother i realized that it was important not for me but for her to have the power ranger party it was her expression her choice and we needed to respect that and after love i feel respect is the second most important feeling a parent must exhibit towards a child somehow it did not cross my mind at that time that it was some sort of breaking stereotypes i was just reminded of it i think it was really important that you've done it and i think it has played such a crucial role in your relationship with your daughter and you also brought up another point about the love coming from any one parent or both i personally think the more the parents are involved with the kid the better it works out for them and this doesn't just apply to parents i think siblings play an equal role as well i have a younger Absolutely. brother i i mean my younger brother has has grown up to be a young man who I'm very proud of today and mm. i think i think the relationship that we share as a family is very important in his upbringing as well and this makes me think that i've seen a lot of kids who do not have that sort of relationship with their parent uh they end up lying to them about certain aspects i i do not support that i think the more transparent you are with your parent the better it works out what do you think would be the other negative or more like what do you think would be the negative effects of not letting your child build themselves to be the best version of themselves 
you know, the negative effects of this one are really huge. It's like a tsunami that will never recede if one does not make an effort. Take it this way. How will you feel if you're not allowed to do something you always wanted to do? Any human not being able to express himself or herself fully can prove to be a recipe for disaster. I could not even imagine what my daughter would be like today if I had forced dresses, pink and bling on her. Her entire personality would be different. And to be truthful here, I don't even know if she would have had one. And please don't think I'm putting down the pink and the blink. I'm just trying to say that it was not for her. And if your daughter loves pink or blink, do you force her to wear blue, beige or black? My guess is definitely no. The chances are very minimal here. Since she conforms to society and you don't want any friction with it. And coming back to the effects, as you asked, it can lead to depression amongst teen, young teens who think no one understands them. And this is happening to both boys and girls worldwide and is a very important issue in itself. A part of it stems from the freedom of choice at a young age. It happens when communication channels are cut off between the parent and the child because the child thinks the parent is not listening and they start to feel very lonely. And they are right. The parent is just busy conforming to society. Loneliness happens when you stop hearing your inner voice because they've been shouted upon for years on how to do things, on what to do. So they begin to keep away from everyone in the family, stay within their room, stop expressing themselves completely to the immediate family, and they start connecting with the virtual world where they will not be judged. So how much ever a parent tries to control the child's choices, ultimately the child will do what he or she wants to do whether it's a choice of career, marriage, ways of living, etc., etc. So you lose your connection with a child who further loses connection with the real world. Sad, isn't it, Varun? And here comes the need for understanding why it is important for a child to express themselves freely, first in a home. Losing the connection with your child is not a good idea. And it only makes it more and more difficult for them in the future. And you touched upon a topic about the virtual world not being judged there. I think, I think that's a conversation by itself, how, how much that has an impact on young kids and how it plays an important role towards their growth. There is a question though I have, where do you draw mm. the line? How much freedom do you actually give your kids? Are you, are you allowing them to use the internet based on their freedom? Are you letting them be by themselves or is it is it not that no you know there's no line a line only comes when it's drawn in your mind and a mind only knows how to control a parent can only instill values and give love they have no hold on the children if they think they have they're living in a fool's paradise <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree i agree with you i think uh, i think that's just pretty much true in every relationship you don't, you don't control yeah. <laughs> There is another conversation that I want to have with you in this episode is around gender identity and gender expression. What are your thoughts mm. on that? Okay, first we need to understand what these are. Okay, first we need to understand what these are. Gender expression is a person's mannerisms, behavior and context to one's culture or gender roles, but it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. In girls or women, an atypical masculine expression is called tomboyish. Gender expression only reflects upon gender identity. We shouldn't mix the two. Gender identity is a personal sense of one's own gender. You may either correlate to your assigned sex at birth or you may not. 
and you know there's something called a non-conformist a non-conformist child senses there's something much beyond what is being shown to him or her and there are no issues varun actually there are actually no issues it is a matter of which side of the mirror you're looking from accepting the likes and dislikes of your child is not an issue it becomes an issue because you see them as an extension of yourself and would like them to be in a certain type of mold it could be anything to do with what you wanted to do or be and were unable to do it or it could be your unfulfilled aspirations a lot of times we misinterpret our control over our children as protection from committing mistakes we think should be averted and a non-conformist child senses there's something much beyond what is being shown to him or her you know i was told by my daughter's third grade teacher that she is a non-conformist he could see that and she will chart her way in life and from that day i became more aware of her actions and did not put her into any type of mold i think it's worked out really well i mean i hear stories about anika i'm so happy to hear how well she is doing doing today and how you played such an important role in her life what would be the one message that you'd want to share to conclude this episode that's a tough one but i'll give a go uh you know let your children be let society fix its norms but don't lay a condition that your children must fit into this mold or for that matter any mold let your children dress how they want to let children choose the career they want i remember my father telling me do whatever you want to do but be the best in whatever it is this lesson has been with me since then and i try to stick to it whenever i can and as a parent you must try to know yourself first be aware of the self before bringing a child into this world have open conversations with your spouse with your family before the little one comes into this world for him or her the world is what you show them how it is and what it will be and ultimately they make it their own it's up to you if you would like to conform to society or not there's no right or wrong and who knows for you and for your children there are many many more colors out there pink is not just for girls and blue is just not for boys you you've said it right and i think you summed it up very beautifully pink is not just for girls blue is not just for boys i think all of us should get beyond the stereotypical norms and decide what's best for our kids for the future generation and anyone who is going to be part of this world and i think your topic covers even a deeper aspect of not just kids but looking at how you're dealing with friends families and everyone else that you're kind of having a conversation with thank you so much nena for being on this episode thank you everyone for tuning in thank you varun sure absolute pleasure having you and hearing your story